0: Back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com.
1: up things here on the block on a thirsty Thursday. Thanks again to Kevin Meyer of Myers cork and bottle for stopping by and thanks to you to the Mercado by certified Piedmontese at 84th and Havelock. Sponsoring us every day here on the block on 93.7 the ticket, and then also, of course, thanks to you guys for listening to us and uh and communicating with us. Uh, I did want to get to this uh this text real quick from Texas Jeremy. He says, To clarify my reason for a quarterback having a short leash and a make or break it year for Frost, you can't marry yourself to one quarterback. If we didn't have Purdue Purdy, uh, then ride or die with Thompson, but I feel like we have options. Um, so uh, you know, I I, you know, you can see that side of it too. I, I I just feel like uh, you want some stability in that quarterback room, but um, you know if it is that close of a race and, and, and one guy's struggling, maybe that's maybe that's the, the the move that you make. I just I don't want to see. It's almost like overthinking it, right? I mean, it's almost like over t- tinkering or toying with your roster or with uh, with your moves. Um, you got to have faith when you make your starters. Now, again, when you have when you, as the season plays out. Nobody's perfect. Maybe you'll make a mistake here and there. And then at certain times, guys that started the year that aren't at starter level may develop into that. So, you know, that, that could happen too. But I think that they especially early on in the season with a, with a new offense, a lot of new pieces there, they might have to have some patience before it gets into mid
0: season form. I, I actually understand. Absolutely. Bach. I, I agree with you as well, but I absolutely understand what Jeremy's saying. The way that the question was posed, um, I too would probably say that that would be an area, especially being Scott Frost, to where if my job is on the line and I'm, who is one, a former quarterback, two, a former, you know, offensive coordinator that had tremendous success, I would be maybe putting my foot down and it may be in that area. So Jeremy makes a good point in that um, where you two clarified and, and gave uh, some credence to his point. I, I, I think you really got to look at it. I think you've got to consider that if he has one or two, like just say, for example, in the, in the first, first three games, he has a bad first game against Northwestern, but they squeak out a win. He comes back the next day and has a tremendous bad first quarter. There's no movement in the offense. Maybe a a fumble. Maybe a couple throws that were mm, maybe dropped but not intercepted, but it was like, come on now. Maybe you go in and and go a different route. That's why I say it has to be prefaced in the preseason. You have to kind of give an expectation for the quarterbacks or for everybody in that room. what the expectation is and if they don't measure up to that expectation just know that there's going to be somebody to come and feel that's that's kind of the way i would have done it i would have got ahead of it as opposed to just you know making moves like that on the whim i would have definitely prefaced it yeah, and then one thing that you teased, too, that we talked about was the
1: tight end room. Um, you know, Thomas Fedoni, unfortunately, uh, another injury that's going to set him back. And, uh, and, and I don't know if this was part of part of the problem last year. Uh, maybe rushing him back maybe led to a further injury. It's always tough to tell with football, right? Um, but I feel like they, they maybe be... Um, you know, and, and it's kind of that same feeler right now is that maybe he could get going by, you know, four four or five games left to go in the season. Again, you're not going to be in midseason form by the end of the season if you're Thomas Fedoni. Then um, you just kind of wonder, and it is, it is it, it's really frustrating. It was one of the top recruits Nebraska's had in the last couple of years, um, but even more than that, you know, the frustration for the fan base is for him, the kid. I, I hope that he's able to overcome this um, very frustrating start to his career. Um, but it's interesting because it, it leaves up, you know, it leaves up the possibility for some other guys to step up um, behind. Obviously, they're they're likely starter. They're in Travis Vokalek, and, and I don't think I should say likely. He went to Big Ten Media Days, I expect him to be a captain. Um, you know, he's kind of waited in the wings there the last couple of years behind Jack Stoll and Austin Allen, and uh, and, and it's it's time. And I and I, he's made a couple big catches over his career the last couple of years um, I, and it's a great blocking tight end you're, you're good at your starting tight end obviously um, with Travis Vokalek behind him I'm interested to see who steps up it feels like Chris Hickman's yeah. been around quite a bit um, they've got a lot of guys kind of in this wide receiver slash tight end type of feel to them um, Chancellor Brewington I think has added some weight um, he was certainly great for the goal line package but he's talked about you know coming in motion and just whopping people uh, but he's kind of talked about wanting to be more than that in here in his senior year, and I feel pretty good about him. If you have to go there, Interestingly enough, Nate Borkishire uh, is is another name that's been popping up uh, as as a guy from Aurora, a redshirt freshman. So if he pops, you've got a few years with him going there. Um, you wonder if is it going to affect their their. <clears throat> You know, it, 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 you need somebody that you feel pretty good about there, right there, or it could affect your play calling. Are you going to have less two tight end sets? And maybe you would either way because Thomas Spadoni is is a lot to replace.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I, I also wonder. Are you? Do you have any hybrid types? Any Niles Paul types? Mm. You know what I mean. Those any Johnny Mitchell types that are kind of just these 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 freak athlete an- anomaly type players and. Uh, do those individuals exist on the team somewhere where there could be a switch or a change, or they can be thrown in there and and can make some adjustments in the passing game. I I don't know. I don't know for sure. I just, you know, that's just something that would be a question. I would be, if I'm, if, if if I'm, if I'm, is it Sean Becton's the tight end coach, right? Yeah. So if, if I'm, if I'm Becton, man, I'm, I'm actually looking around just seeing who's kind of, (laughs) <laughs> who can give me that hybrid that jimmy graham type of flow you know somebody like just just a guy that's just a tremendous athlete and just you wouldn't normally say that he would be here but he all he just finds himself here and he can he's got good hands and he can make plays for me that you know, I don't yeah.
1: know and again it's fascinating to to me over the years that austin allen didn't get more um targets, touchdowns in the red zone specifically, maybe that's something that changes here um, with your, your new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple. Although I will say this, they did target Austin Allen a few times and Adrian overthrew his 6'8 tight end. Of course, that was part of the frustration too in the red zone at times too. But uh, you just feel like that's that that's something that really could have helped him out, especially on film. He ended up going undrafted. I can't wait to see what Austin Allen does. I think he'll stick around. Remember, he's, he came in and took Jack Stoll's job who was playing with a good, meaningful time there with the Eagles before he got hurt last year. So I think yeah. there's a, there's room in this league for Austin Allen. He got invited to the Combine. Didn't have the greatest numbers there, um, but we'll see. I, I mean, I, that is a big, big shoes to feel for Travis Vokalek and those guys in Austin Allen. And I, I said it earlier, I think if he was coming back, which he could have because he had the COVID year, um, I think they'd build this offense all, all but around him. I mean, I, I think he would be their primary piece, but he's decided to move on. We wish him all the best at the next level. Level. Um One other thing I wanted to get to before we close out on the block today. Uh was reported yesterday, yesterday evening, I believe, the Big Ten no longer interested in adding uh, from the Pac-12. There was uh, reports there for a while. They were evaluating the worthiness of Oregon, Cal, Stanford, and Washington. Oregon and Washington, of course, being at the head of that if they were going to go with two teams. Um, also kind of looked into Stanford and Cal as well. But according to Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, Um, they're no longer interested in that. Right now, they've got the... um, After kind of looking into it, uh, rights holders were balking at paying the same amount for those schools as the 16 Big Ten schools going forward. Um, So they might eventually open it up again, but right now, they just kind of have the open invitation to Notre Dame, and that's about it. There's a lot of stakeholders, apparently, according to Dodd, again, now believe the Fighting Irish will ultimately stay independent, and there's a chance that the Pac-12 survives all this. There's a chance... That Notre Dame stays independent. There's a chance that this Power Five, this 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 seemingly, uh, you know, two mega conferences in the end might cap at 16, um, and a semblance of college football will remain. I don't necessarily dislike that. I mean, I, I would kind of love to see that, although it is very strange because you'd have some uh, leagues with 16 teams and the SEC and the Big Ten. You'd have some teams with 14 teams like the Big 12. You'd had, you know, right now the Pac-12s had a 10-man league. Um, the ACC is at 12, so um, very still an imbalance that doesn't necessarily set up for the college football playoff the best, but s- still some of those those traditional college football landscape would survive the way that we see it now. And interestingly enough, it would kind of shift from, um, if, if it does survive, at least for a few years, it would shift from who's going to be left out of the SEC and the Big Ten, which of the Power 5 teams aren't going to make it, aren't going to survive, kind of toward, you know, the Pac-12 might add two teams from the group of five. The Big Ten went out at four teams from the group of five. More teams being involved in the Power Five instead of less. Um, so kind of an interesting dynamic there. Um, and, uh, it, and I don't even know what way to feel. If you're, if you're a Big Ten fan, I think you feel comfortable. You don't feel like you have to make a move. I think that kind of plays into it um, because you're definitely one of the haves and, and you're not going to be left out in the have-nots. Um, but uh, don't, don't seem to be too aggressive moving forward with expansion.
0: Well, that's what you got to eye. I mean, I think your eyes got to turn to what's going to happen to your Conference USA's or your American leagues. What are going to happen with those leagues? I think that's what's going to be probably the next thing. Then you've got to look potential merger. I think right now, just the fact that none of this is really going to go down at least for the next few years. So everybody's kind of just taking pause, allowing the landscape to kind of just weigh itself out, wade in the water Nothing crazy that you have to make any decisions at this point. So I think they just kind of waiting it out. You know what I mean? They're they're gonna they're gonna wait a couple years, at least a year or so. So I think they're just stopping the process right now and then uh, allowing these things to kind of uh, fall into place. I think Notre Dame is a, is a big rock to fall. I think you're gonna I think they're gonna watch and see what happens with the seasons of your Florida State or Miami's. Um, you know, which way does Clemson bounce back? um then you've got to look out west and see you know how successful the usc program is going to be what that loss is going to impact can an arizona state emerge what's washington going to be able to do and you know oregon has they have the last couple years have kind of fallen off the trap the treadmill so i i don't know man it's going to be interesting you know big big who who's going to step up outside of oklahoma and texas you know what I mean? Is there going to be a Kansas State emergence or somebody like Kansas or Iowa State? You know, you. I, I think that's what they're kind of trying to see because once those other teams leave – yeah. What you got? Yeah. Good long term
1: thinking there. You're probably right. Uh, I can get all excited about maybe this ability of college football getting back together, but you're right. It's probably just a break. A year from now, we'll see another domino yeah. fall, and then uh, we'll be right back into this situation. But at least for college football traditionalists, it's nice to breathe a little bit with that. Right before we get out, I do want to get a, to a text from somebody he says, You guys' conversation keeps bringing me back to the thought of we just need a dog mentality. Uh, mentality. You know, this is a random thought, but I don't know if either of you guys remember Josh Mitchell. Might have been the smallest guy in the field, but he was the first one uh, to hit you hard. He has everything you want in a football player. I think there's a few guys with that type of mentality. He had that swag. I do remember that about Josh Mitchell. Uh, that's a good throwback. So hey, we'll,
0: we'll hey, wrap Tom up. Tom Petty, here. Tom Petty sucks. Keep it coming. There you, you go. You, you you make some very good comments in the in, in the uh, text line. So yeah. we appreciate that as well. Yeah. As many as all of you do. Yeah, good yeah. Night. Thanks
1: to everybody for participating in our show today. Uh, we will, uh, but with that, we'll we'll wrap it up. Thanks again to Strick. We'll be back for our Friday show tomorrow. Coach Frost speaks to the media, so that will be a lot of fun we'll break that down all day here on the block and on the ticket uh ticket week nights coming up next as usual thanks again to strict thanks to the mercado for sponsoring us certified or uh, out there by certified piedmontese at 84th and havelock thanks to kevin meyer of meyer's cork and bottle for stopping in for thirsty thursdays like Strick said most importantly thank you guys football season's back go enjoy the hall of fame game we'll talk to you tomorrow